0: Welcome, apartment investors. You're listening to REAP Equity's podcast show, Passive Wealth Through Multifamily Investing. REAP Equity owns and manages 1,800 units and brings a unique behind-the-scenes look at apartment investing. During this program, you will hear from REAP principals and real-life successful multifamily professionals who will provide proven advice on why apartment investing is the best investment vehicle to produce passive monthly income.
1: Hello, this is Arlene Garza. Uh, I wanted to share some information we've learned with you over the years of investing in real estate. So a little bit about me. After leaving the corporate world in 2008, I became a multifamily investor in 2012 and have never looked back. It has been one of those journeys that you really look forward to going into every day. And for us, I mean, currently we own 2,600 units in multiple states. And this is what I do full-time as part of a three-member ownership team um, under Real Estate Equity Partners, uh, which is a vertically integrated real estate investment company that is commonly known as REAP. So one of the things I know as a multifamily investor that I can honestly say is one of the most important elements of doing a deal or an acquisition is the loan. I think this is one of those things that sometimes gives you heartburn and uh, really makes you um, question a lot of things you're doing until you figure it out. So our loans have ranged from our very first uh, recourse loan with the traditional bank to non-recourse loans that we've done um, that are guaranteed by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So our special guest today uh, actually led us into a very new loan product for us. It's a loan product that's been out there for a while. But we asked two top multifamily lending executives um, to come join us in the REAP house today. And so uh, these two gentlemen were instrumental in providing a bridge loan for our latest closing of a two-property 537-unit acquisition in San Antonio. So we invited Mark Brandenburg, who is Managing Director with Jones Lang LaSalle's Debt and Equity Platform, that's a mouthful, and (laughs) Bill Ballant, Managing Director at NXT Capital, to share their expertise on the topic of bridge loans for multifamily acquisitions. So we worked with Mark on our previous Fannie Mae loan that we did on a two-property portfolio we closed in October of 2017. So he was our starting point. We said, Mark, We've got a different situation than the last one you helped us with, and at that point, he said, I've got some great folks to work with, and he introduced us to Bill Ballant, and here we are today. So thank you, Mark and Bill, for being our guest on this podcast, and before we launch into our topic, I just shared a very little bit about your background, so I'll start with Bill. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your background and how it is that you got on this real estate journey with the rest of us investors.
2: Sure. Sure. Thank you, Arlene. Um, I started after leaving the world of civil engineering in 1986. I ventured back to school and then into the world of real estate lending and investing, which I have been doing now for almost 30 years. Um, I have worked for traditional banks such as Continental Bank and Wells Fargo and non traditional lenders like Heller Financial and currently NXT Capital. My primary focus at NXT is acquisition bridge loans for value-add opportunities such as the loans we recently provided for Horizon Hill and Northgate Apartments.
1: Great. You know, Bill, I think one of the things that I find is that when I look at somebody's bio, I always learn a little bit more about them, and so I was excited to know that you're a fellow banker. I was with Bank of America for and other banks for many years. So it's it's always nice to, to deal with another banker. Uh, and also, I thought it was great that you have an engineering background. Um, what I see is that a lot of times, you know, having someone who understands a, a property and what should and should not be on that property from a structural standpoint is always beneficial. So um, it's good been, to see that.
2: Yeah, it's been very helpful for me over my career when – problems or issues come up, whether it's on uh, repositioning assets or on construction loans, um, it just allows me to better understand what those issues are um, and sort of how to deal with them.
1: Great. Uh, Well, that's a unique combination. So we're glad we had you on the team with with both of those (laughs) things. Thank you. Yes. And so we'll we'll, we'll, uh, talk to Mark a little bit and have Mark share some of his background and what led him to real estate lending.
0: Sure, sure. Thank you, Arlene. I appreciate you allowing us to get on with you today and, and visit with some of your investors and others who listen to this podcast. So uh, thrilled to be a part of it. Uh, so I started after college in another industry, and I did that for about eight or nine years, and then it led me to real estate in about 2000. So uh, I was always a finance background major in college, both undergrad and graduate, and ended up starting out with a, another com- competing mortgage bank group called HFF back in 2000. I did that for about six years and then ended up translating into going to work for a private equity shop as a partner called E2M Partners. Uh, I ended up doing private investing professionally, much like many of your investors do, but with a background of capital to diversify in several different product types, not just multifamily, but office, industrial, retail, hotels, land, etc. So did that for about six or seven years and was asked to be able to come back over to Jones Lang LaSalle with some of the guys that I had worked with previously at HFF to start the finance group in Dallas to do what we were doing before, which is more of an intermediary role to real estate versus a principal, so to speak, like I was doing for the private equity side. So um, it was great to get back in the business as an intermediary, and uh, it's been been a fun time.
1: Great. Well, Again, you know, we've we've benefited from all of that background with the loans you've done for us, so we've really appreciated. So, again, part of that stalking process is looking at the bios, right? And so uh, interesting things about Mark I'll share with you is that he's a fellow alum of Texas Tech. is where I went to school. I have a finance degree from Texas Tech, so I always find uh, it interesting to have another Red Raider in the house. Mm-hmm. So uh, glad you're here. And then the other thing Mark um, is very humble about not sharing is that he was a former pitcher for the Texas Rangers, so if you're a baseball fan, you'll appreciate uh, what Mark has done in his past. So or,
0: or not appreciate after giving <laughs> up so many home runs off the opposing team's bat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's always fun. So I guess we, we'll get to our topic now and, and talk about bridge loans. Um, so as I mentioned previously, uh, we were very accustomed to the traditional Fannie Mae loans that we've done for our other acquisitions and in this situation, we had um, two properties that were brought to us by a broker off market. And he said, you know, this is a good opportunity for you. And a broker is in position of selling you something. So you always temper that a little bit with, okay, what do you have for me? And so what he, he said was, two great assets in great locations, the management end of it hasn't been done that well. And so the benefit to you is you can buy an asset probably a little at a lower price per door, but you're going to be able to you're going to need to be able to manage it back up to stability, um, which is what typically you know anybody would want to do. So we went to Mark and said, okay, this is this is what we have. What are you recommending? And so Mark uh, recommended a bridge loan, and this was our first bridge loan. So it required a lot of education, and we really appreciated that he and Bill. Uh, walked us through this process so let's let's find a little bit more about uh, bridge loans from mark uh, what are bridge loans and kind of what's the history why was the product created
0: sure good question so bridge loans are by the name themselves bridging from one position to another position right so oftentimes what that's countered against is a permanent loan where it's a loan that's based upon current operations at that given time making a loan on that performance today and what you expect to happen over the period of ownership by that owner so in this case you guys were wanting to create a lot of value by changing not only just the operational management side but also the physical capabilities of the property and tweak some things at the property that you think you could drive performance out of the property so in essence you're bridging from where you acquired the property to where it will be once you guys stabilize the property at a better performing uh, asset NOI. And so what we're looking to do is drive that value over a period of time, and then you can decide whether you want to put a permanent loan on it or if it's good time to sell that asset at that point. So that's what the background of a bridge loan is. Bridge loans in nature are typically floating rate, but they don't have to be. They can be swapped with a bank loan, or they are uh, with a bank facility, or they can be, in some cases, be just fixed by a non-traditional bank lender, much like what Bill does, right? So uh, Bill oftentimes in, at NXT they will do floating rate loans where the interest rate there's a spread that they will get over a LIBOR or a prime rate or some other floating rate index that allows that rate to float over time, but gives the owner the flexibility of being able to get out of that loan at a shorter duration than a permanent loan.
1: Sure. Well, one of the things I know that um, we discussed during this process is typically what we're we've bought in the past our stabilized assets. So occupancy has been at 90% for 90 days or longer. There's an upward trend on the income side that, that is easily visible by any lender that's looking to size the loan. And in this case, we didn't have that. Um, the properties were trending around 80% occupancy. And so I, I think that's a, a big part of why you recommended the bridge loan. So, um, Why couldn't we go to Fannie? I mean, tell us, well, why that was not the best option for Great question.
0: Great question. So oftentimes a permanent lender or someone that's looking for a static performance in a property, they're looking at it at a snapshot, usually now and going back as little as one month. But oftentimes three months to six months to sometimes even 12 months, right? So, what an agency lender will or a other permanent lender will do, they look at where the cash flow is today or the NOI, however you want to look at it, the performance of the property, and go, okay, what will that support in both coverage and in leverage? When I be my leverage, is you're buying it for some price. And I'm going to make sure that you have enough equity that I feel comfortable in the asset that you're not going to walk away from it. Because like you described before, this is a non-recourse loan. And they want to know and feel committed that you're committed that you will stay in the loan. So they want to make sure two things. They want to make sure it's there's a leverage appropriation, whether that's 60%. 70%, 75%, 80%, but some amount of equity in front of their senior debt piece. But then secondarily, they want to make sure that the loan will have enough performance that it will cover a debt service coverage ratio test or a debt yield. And that's what lenders will use to to size a loan, to make sure that the property can support that loan amount, which you're seeking. And again. The loan amount, as you know, the amount of proceeds that are given to, to an owner are very crucial to their overall returns, right? So you have to find the right loan to get the right amount of proceeds at the right lending um, pricing structure, et cetera, relative to the uh, the overall business plan.
1: Okay, so in that scenario, if we had gone to Fannie, potentially we'd be looking at a much lower leverage if they did it at all. And I think in our case, we ended up with an 80% loan to cost, I believe is the, the final number we came out to. So you're exactly right. When we project our returns for our investors, the leverage we have in the deal makes a big difference. And so the deal wasn't going to work under a traditional Fannie scenario. So That's what led you to say, okay, let's go the bridge loan. Let's let's explore that route. And so that led us to Bill. And, well, through you, you recommended. Actually, um, it's an interesting process that I wasn't familiar with. And Mark said, well, we're going to shop it. We're going to send it out to some lenders that we work with. Um, but he always spoke very highly of you, Bill, in that <laughs> process. I just want you to know. Anyway. He's he said, definitely
0: the prettiest girl at the dance. Are you kidding is, me? He is.
1: He um, is. And so so, so you shopped it to some lenders, and you came back with a spreadsheet with the various terms from all of the lenders. And we had a discussion. And I'm sharing this background so that folks on that are listening will understand that it wasn't, you just didn't come to us with bill and say, he's our top guy. Although you highly recommended him. You said, here is who has submitted a proposal for your loan. And we went one by one through those and determined where's our best option. And bill was our best option. So NXT uh, came through for us on, on their terms and it was something that met our parameters. And so Bill, when Mark came to you um, about our loan, what are some of the questions that you asked about the property or the deal?
2: Well, the first question I usually ask Mark is what's the name of the property (laughs) Um, and where is it located? And once we get past that, I really want to delve into who is the sponsorship group that's buying the asset because I've been in this business 30 years and to me, one of the most important factors in underwriting a real estate loan is who are the people involved? What have they done in the past? What's their experience? Is the property in their backyard or is it, you know, across the country? So really understanding who the people are, what their experience is, what the business plan is, how experienced is the sponsorship group in executing that business plan? Those are some of the initial questions that I Really focus on once I you know get past the people part of the equation, then it boils down to you know what's the real estate, what's the age, how much are they paying, what's the price per unit, a lot of things that are germane to underwriting a real estate uh, loan, and it really gets down to how much do they want, what's the price per unit that they'd like to borrow, where's the cash flow today, and how much are they going to spend, and can they get to a higher cash flow. Level in the future, and how do they intend to do that? How much can they raise rents relative to other competing properties that have been approved improved so those are the kinds of questions I initially uh, talked to Mark about before we get you know too far down the road
1: sure and one of the things of course that was important to us and, and it 's important for other folks to understand when you 're looking at a bridge loan, the terms how different are they than a traditional loan or i mean when we 're looking at You know, loan-to-value, loan-to-cost. We're looking at the term length, the debt service coverage ratio, interest-only periods, recourse versus non-recourse. Walk us through a little bit about what you're able to offer in, in a lot of cases on these types of loans.
2: Sure. So I think what, again, differentiates bridge loans from more traditional agency loans are, one, the loan amounts. We're focused more not on sizing the loan so much on what the cash flow is today, but what the cash flow will be three years from now once the improvements are complete. We typically lend somewhere between 75 and 80 percent of cost, with cost being to not only by the asset, but to uh, complete the improvements and closing costs as well. So add all those up, and we typically lend somewhere between 75 and 80 percent of that. We like to have at least a 1.0 debt service coverage at close based on the current property performance. Um, But what we're really focusing on is if they make these improvements, can they raise the rents by $50, $100, $200? And what does that do to property NOI in the future? And that's really what's driving our decisioning. Bridge loans are typically three years in length. We often have extension options built in, but most business plans on the multifamily side can be executed within about a 3 year period again there's a, the ability to extend for a year or two beyond that the loans are are non recourse except for the completion of the improvements we want to make sure that if someone's going to say they're going to you know improve or change the clubhouse that they actually do improve and change the clubhouse and they spend the money because Unless the improvements are made, you can't really get to the increased value three years down the road. So that's sort of our approach, and that's how our loans differ from agency loans. In some cases, depending on what the story is, and when
0: we say story, we're talking about what Bill started with, sponsorship, the property relative to its subset micro market with regard to its comps and stuff. Can I get it to a level that brings it up to those comps or even achieve beyond that, if, it's below, if it's, it's below a 1.0, he has the option of creating an interest reserve to carry that loan over that period of time where it does not service the debt, too. So while a 1.0 is typically what he's looking for, he will go below it, too, and others will, too. Not all, but some bridge, bridge lenders will do that, as well.
2: Whereas agency lenders won't well Will
0: even consider it.
2: Right.
1: And as part of the process, Bill, you and Elaine um, from your underwriting team flew to San Antonio and put your eyes on the asset and met us. Um, Again, what what were some of the things you were trying to, I guess, check off on your checklist of things that are important to to feel comfortable about making the loan?
2: Sure. Uh, You know, a lot of the things we've talked about, but again, real estate and lending, in my view, is a real people business. And so being able to spend time with you, Arlene, and your team, to understand who you are, what your background is, what you 've you know done uh, in the real estate arena, it was great to be able to go tour other properties that you 've already acquired and have renovated and managed, and sort of see what you know your vision was for this property, and based on what you 've executed on a similar property in the market, you, we get a lot of comfort from these people know what they 're doing they've done it before. Um, those are the kinds of things we're really looking at. We also want to, you know, from a property perspective, want to understand, you know, the location, because obviously you know, location is important to real estate, what kind of visibility, access the properties have, how it might compete with the other properties in the market by driving around and seeing what the competition looks like. Those are the general things that, um, myself and the underwriter Elaine Moore uh, were looking for when we came to visit for the first time.
1: Great and in our situation or our position we um, have our own in-house management team and so um, do you look at third party any differently than an in-house management team?
2: We prefer in-house management just because we think there's uh, better alignment between the sponsorship group and the operations of the property there's a lot of good third-party managers out there but i don't think they necessarily have the the same motivations that you know someone that's managing a property in-house
1: sure well thank you for for sharing that um i'm going to switch over back to mark really quick um because you brought nxt to us along with the other lenders but nxt was to the top i have to say that again um and tell us how you partner with NXT and other lenders and and why you, you bring that partnership together.
0: Sure. So we're in the market every day with various loans, and all those loans are different, like we've discussed today. The difference between floating versus fixed rate versus permanent longer-term loans versus short-term bridge loans, like in this case, uh, non-recourse loans versus recourse loans, right? So it's not one size fits all. You've got to find the right fit for each person. And so, uh, are each operator owner, when we look at the field, we go in and ask a lot of questions and understand what the business plan is and who's asking for it and why they're asking for it. And then we continue to drill down. And at that point, we look at a lot of folks that we do business with on a day-to-day basis, as well as folks that we haven't done business with. Um, it's really important for us to have a good execution, but not just to close and get you to closing, but you guys are creating a marriage whereby you're going to end up being in that loan for a longer period of time. And whether it's draws against the capex, expenditures that you're making to improve the property, or whether it's a change in the business plan where you have to go back and talk to somebody. So those things are very important, whether it's the servicing aspect of it, whether it's the closing aspect of it, whether it's the request itself. So you look at all of those things. And I think some lenders will have a starting point that's different than others. And I'll, I'll explain. So Bill started out with, well, I want to know the property name and I don't want to know where the location was. And that was a joke against me because it's a <laughs> long running joke with Bill and I. So he was taking a poke at at at, at my expense and I love it. So uh, we're going to laugh about that later. At any rate, the, the real question he asked first was, tell me about the sponsor. You know, tell me what kind of sponsor we're talking about. Because it starts with him who the people are behind the real estate. Others are different. Other lenders are looking at the real estate only. In some cases, those lenders could almost be, and, and each lender or each loan is different. They may look at a loan as predatory in a way that they say, look, I'm hoping the owner may fail, and that way I can step into the shoes of that owner at a discounted price because I think we can run the property and we can let the owner walk away and we can step in, right? Those aren't the lenders we do business with, but some lenders will will behave that way. and And I know Bill can back me up on that. We stay away from those unless we absolutely have to based upon the request that we need at that given time, right? But other lenders will look to just the real estate as well and look at the sponsor secondarily or even down the list further, right? So you have to understand what each person's interest level is from a lending perspective. When I looked at this loan and who you guys were, and the opportunity, it was such a good fit, particularly because Bill is so accommodating, both through close and on the back end. And he's a wonderful person to marry you guys on your first bridge loan, because he is patient, he is understanding, and he is very good at the The white glove service you know holding your hand through the process the whole way, and his deliverability is um, unmatched by anyone he he's terrific at executing just as he described, and that's not always the case. there are lenders out there that will change terms on you because something came up Bill will do his every his absolute best to to hang in there regardless of what's thrown at him um, it's so when I look at the field of who we can do business with there are other lenders like bill and I, and I, he's not you know all by himself but sometimes he may be full up with a sponsor or full up on when i say full up i'm sorry he may be already completely saturated with a certain product type or a certain market or a certain sponsor and we have to go outside those bounds and use different lenders. So it's 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 our job to always kind of have our finger on the marketplace and understand the pulse in which the most efficient dollars and structure come to our clients, you guys, and at a price of uh, integrity and honorability that's delivered all the way through the loan, not just till closing, right? And you guys have a good experience, you know, throughout the loan, so.
1: Sure. Well, you know, one of the things that um, when we started the conversation with Mark, of course, was we wanted to know what he knew about the lenders that were on that spreadsheet that he brought to us. Uh, And we did look at the terms and we did look at what, what was most important to us in determining who were we going to select. And so in some cases, we got on the phone with some of the other lenders and had a conversation. In Bill's case, they came down to San Antonio. So not only were they interviewing us but we were interviewing them because we wanted to make sure that it was a good fit and that the servicing after the fact was going to be done by somebody that knew what they were doing that was going to be able to you know work with us we have a lot of capital improvements we needed to get done there were a lot of lender reimbursements we were going to submit and so the process all needed to work and um in the end we you know it came down to one who can close who is going to close the deal cuz we had hard money we had hard money on the table and we don't like to leave money on the table <laughs> <laughs> i don't think anybody does but when you've got you know 3 400,000 on the table you you don't want to walk away from that and so i think one of the things that was important for us was Mark's endorsement that in the times that he's worked with Bill on all the loans he's always closed them and the fact that they do their own servicing so that was important to us as a client as a borrower and we were glad that we were able to to arrive at a good marriage I won't tell Jacob about it (laughs) 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 so anyway but it, it worked out very well for us and you know for Bill I think you've we weren't the first ones, you do this every day. So what are some of the things you'd like to try to convey to a potential borrower about NXT that helps them select you?
2: Sure, what I'd like to try to get across about NXT is one, our deliverability, as we just mentioned. We do have a good track record of doing what we say we're gonna do. Um, I've been dealing with the same group of guys for 20 years. So there's a high level of trust amongst us. Um, we know the questions that are going to be asked about a deal you know, before they're asked. Um, so I really you know, try to – at the end of the day, money is a commodity. And so I really want to try to get across the people side of NXT that we deliver, that we do what we say we're going to do, that we have a small closing group that I will put up against anybody. It's a very organized process. And then once the loan is closed, I think we have a very solid portfolio management team. And everything is done in-house. There's other lenders out there that will close the loan, and then they'll have a third party come and manage it so you're not dealing with the same people you, are, you know, were dealt with when you originated the loan. So,
0: Or in some cases, they even sell off the loan. Right? They, they sell don't? off and the so loan. so that's a question we always ask right. to understand as an intermediary. So we communicate that to our clients. You guys, uh, Arlene, so you know what you're going to get post-close. And sometimes, and I do not mean to cut you off, Bill, but uh, and sometimes it may be important to get something else in a loan structure and sacrifice that serviceability on the back end. But in this case, I don't think it can be understated how important that backside service is and being able to do it in-house like what uh, Bill is explaining.
1: And, and I can vouch for the closing was very smooth. Again, we went into this not knowing what to expect because it was a different loan product, but it was 100% smooth, and, and your servicing has been great to this point. So, so you're not just tooting your own <laughs> horn. We, I will vouch for the fact that that's really what our experience has been. So I, I want to switch back, Mark, and, and ask you, because you're in this market, that uh, what percentage of the multifamily loans do you see fall into the bridge loan product?
0: I'd say it's roughly about 50 to 60%, and it may be even slightly higher than that. It may be as high as 70%. Um, The reason being is because even there's agency bridge loans out there, too, but they have to fit just right, okay? So oftentimes, Bill's facility is going to be much more accommodating relative to what you're trying to do is drive returns back to your investors and be the most efficient capital for what you're trying to do. However, in some smaller cases, there's an agency option out there that would also do that. So saying all of that, I'd say somewhere probably, now that I'm going to contradict myself, it's probably 50 to 70% on any given year. So,
1: Okay, great. And then just in closing, Bill, what advice do you have for a borrower as they go into this bridge loan? Are there some things that they can do to... To make the process go smoother, are there some things that you want to see up front that will help you decide? Yes, this is one. This is a loan we want to do.
2: You know, it's that's an interesting question, Arlene, because we'll often get uh, people just sending us information. You know, they'll send a rent roll and a operating statement, and they'll say, "I want to borrow X dollars." And it, when I get something like that, it doesn't look very Organized, very, you know, thought through. So information we got from you all was incredibly well organized. We had pictures of the property, well-defined business plan. Um, You know, when you come across and make a first impression that's very well thought out, um, that makes a huge difference because, you know, like I said, I've been doing this for 30 years, And you can almost, you can tell fairly quickly whether a sponsorship group has it or, you know, act together or they don't. And, you know, when you're looking at multiple deals, you know, 10 deals a day, it's really easy to say, well, if they won't spend the time sort of putting the thoughts on paper in an organized way, why do I want to spend time with them? So I would just say be organized, thoughtful, and professional in, in, in your request to a bridge lender
1: great well thank you for that advice well we've, we've come to the end of the the podcast and want to thank you both both of you are in town you're in san antonio today in the alamo city from big d dallas so thank you for making the trip over here and thank you for spending some time educating um, all of us on the bridge loan product thank you both
2: thank you arlene thank you arlene